And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Frazier and Dieter's Business Speed. I'm John Ray alongside Frazier and Dieter, Alfred, a man, managing partner, Roger Lesby. Roger? John, good morning. How are you? Good morning. You're looking chipper today. I, but- <laughs> I am feeling great. Uh, it is October 18th. Uh, tax season ended yesterday, so we put 2021 uh, on the books, and that's great. Uh, it was very, very cool this morning. Uh, you know, I was puffing smoke, and yeah. uh, the market's been up for two days. So we're a little upbeat, and yeah. we've got a great guest with us this morning as well. We sure do. He's a, a returning guest, actually, to Business Beat. Carter Barrett is with us, folks. And Carter is a candidate for State House District Number 24. Carter, welcome back. Good morning, John. Good morning, Roger. What a what an honor and a privilege to be back with you guys today. It, it's great to have you. What kind of foolishness have you gotten into, pal? I mean, no, I'm just kidding you, but no, seriously, you were uh, you you were telling us when you came uh, with us before. You were with uh, uh, the bank, and you were do, you your background is banking, business business uh, investing, business uh, operation, and you've had a long career here in this area. But tell us a little bit about what you're up to in uh, this next chapter of your life. So, John, uh, thank you. Um, yeah, I am a 30-plus-year banker on the 400 corridor. You know, some bankers uh, will will go with a great big bank, and they'll move from here to West Virginia to Tennessee to you name it to climb the corporate ladder. And Others sort of say, well, I, I'm going to pick a certain geography and really dig in deep and get to know the folks in that in that certain area. And that's what I chose to do a while back. So mm-hmm. I came to the 400 corridor I started working in Forsyth County on June 4 of 1990 with Wachovia Bank. At the time, the name was still First Atlanta, but Wachovia mm-hmm. had acquired them on the square in downtown Coming. Mm. And uh, I've been here ever since, banking companies and small businesses. Uh, and uh, as y'all as y'all know, I, I guess I'm most well-known in business for being the guy that started a founder and CEO of Community Business Bank. Mm-hmm. We opened in 2008, right at the very beginning of the Great Recession. And... Uh, I remember talking to we. I had a couple of other young guys who who started the bank with me, and and I remember thinking, uh, the, I mean, the morning we opened, the Fed cut interest rates seventy five basis points, mm. and I, we were one of the last banks chartered in the state. And uh, and I said, put on your seatbelt, guys. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Uh, we didn't know quite how bumpy it would get or how long that would last, and it was really mind boggling. But we just we just uh, we got through it just fine. We we kept our bank and our business model very simple. We wrote the ABCs of building community business bank in eight bullet points. Mm. Uh, and we really never deviated from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, simple works well in the fundamentals of business, whether you're, whether you're uh, a manufacturer or a, or a distributor or, or a bank, you know, the fundamentals really never go out of style and, uh, and keeping things simple and having a, having a plan, putting a spot way out on the horizon and sticking to it. You know, obviously being flexible and changing as conditions change around you, but, but, there are certain fundamental tenets that seem to work in every business that are timeless. So we got through it. We ran a, a really great boutique business bank mm-hmm. and uh, enjoyed that well. And, and since we sold the bank uh, back in 2015, we, we, we invest in real estate deals and with small businesses. Um, and, uh, and it'll be fun to get Roger's perspective on some of those things. But lately, uh, uh, last November, uh, I was uh, – uh, had a impromptu conversation with a couple of friends and decided to run for state house for mm-hmm. the house district 24 to represent the west side of Forsyth County mm-hmm. and, and under the gold dome. 
And uh, we've been doing that full out for the last year. Mm. It's been a quite an adventure. Right. And uh, no, uh, somebody should have hit me in the head with a frying pan and said, are you crazy? Because <laughs> I had no idea. I'd always heard what it means to run for political office. I, you, you never really know until you're in it. You but don't it's been know, quite yeah. an adventure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But, but John, when I came up here 14 years ago to, uh, to open the Alpharetta office for Fraser and Dieter, uh, I was told that I had to meet Carter. Mm. And, uh, and so we did. And yep. we've been friends and uh, colleagues ever since then. And mm-hmm. uh, I've watched his banking career. Uh, admired what he's done. Uh, he's always been able to keep it simple. Uh, he's always been able to talk with the uh, with the businessman, the business owners, and I think that that was great. But I never really expected him to go into politics, which is where we have him right now today. Yeah. Well, and and I mean, everybody that knows Carter knows him to be a man of integrity and one smart guy, I mean, smartest guy, one of the smartest guys besides you, Roger, that you could meet. Um, and I'm just curious, I want to get back to, before we get into like what's going on today with with the, the race and politics, is, is that story, and I'm glad you retold it about Community Business Bank, because your timing, you, you know, you never know about timing, and, and you opened that bank at what was, in retrospect, you know, people would say, what were you thinking? But you didn't know what was coming, but you made it through and you made, not only made it through, but you made it through with flying colors at the end of the day and, and, uh, your investors and, and, uh, really did well in that. So talk about, I guess, what you learned in that experience that really helps you today that, that, uh, is, is, um, the principles that come out of that. Well, there were so many lessons there because we really um, we we didn't even know what we didn't know at the time. Right. When we first started the bank. I actually went out and recruited. We recruited a, an individual to be the, the original CEO of the bank, and I was going to be the original president and senior credit officer. And uh, four months after the bank opened, he passed away. Mm. Um, he had a, a sudden stroke and and passed away. Mm. And uh, the idea was that he would be the CEO of the bank probably for three years as I kind of grew into that position. And uh, and then suddenly out of the blue, it's, okay, you, you're in the driver's seat now. And, and we had to actually make our case to the FDIC and the Department of Banking and Finance to let me assume the position of CEO because I'd, I had a lot of banking experience, but no no community banking experience per se. And, uh, and so kind of thrown into the deep end on that. Mm-hmm. But – it it worked out well because if we had if we hadn't been if we hadn't been compelling enough to become the CEO of the bank we would have had to go out and recruit someone else to bring them in and that could have changed the entire culture and the and the, of of what the bank was designed to be and uh, so we we made the case to allow me to become the CEO and we had a, just a tremendous board of directors as well and um, so we were able to convince them to let me do that and um, end of the day. We, we stuck to the fundamentals, you know, you know, overhead is the enemy, you know, concentration risk kills, kill, kills companies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're doing well, put something back for a rainy day because mm-hmm. it is going to be r- raining eventually. Right. Build in plenty of margin for error. You know, we're, we're, not, we're, we're pretty bright, you know, we, we but we know we're going to make dumb mistakes from time to time and make sure that we, we, don't go so far out on a limb that we can't get back from from those to, the, those bad decisions you make. So just sort of a very basic approach to business, 
build in lots of margin for error, uh, build a well-diversified company that is desirable, build it with, without an eye to ever selling it, build it like you're going to have it for a hundred years or 200 years. Uh, you know, people think, oh, you can build this business and you can sell it and make a lot of money. Well, if you build a great business, you can just harvest it mm-hmm. and make good money over time. And it's hard to come up with a great business to build. So once you have one, you know, a, a trick that I learned along the way was, you know, make sure that you have all the right investors and that you create a desirable enough environment so that others will want to invest as well. So those people, we had 313 investors. So you want to create an organization that is desirable enough so that because people's lives change, life happens to everyone and, and circumstances change. And you'll have one investor who needs to cash out and another that wants to come in. But you got to make sure you build an attractive enough organization so that others will want to come in. So you can create that liquidity for your other investors who might want to go or need to go. So we just kept it so simple. We knew what we were after as clients. We built a bank with an investor pool of 313 investors. That's a lot of investors. Mm. And any entity, Roger would probably agree with that. Yeah. But, but, but those are also 313 raving fans who helped drive our bank forward to become more successful. And uh, even our investor pool, like rings in a tree, we wrote the business plan for a boutique business bank. And then we built our board of directors around that business plan. And then we built our investor pool around that business plan because we knew that they would be the people who would trade with the bank. They would tell their friends about the bank as well. And then, you know, overhead's the enemy. A lot of bankers will go out and they'll build a bank in a great big old building with big columns in front and spend a pile of money on it. Mm-hmm. And the day they open the door, the building's worth a lot less than they paid for it. Mm-hmm. We grew the bank to almost probably $100 million in assets out of four office condominiums. We started with one and the FDIC came in or the Department of Banking and Finance. I can't remember which one. They said, this is going to work. You can't operate out of this little teeny. <laughs> so you know what we did? We got the condominium next to it, punched a hole in the wall. Yeah. And uh, and then we expanded into four. So we grew to 100. So, but, but my point is, overhead's the enemy. Mm-hmm. You know? And we're a business-centric bank. So dealing with entrepreneurs, we could sit at the table and say, you know, we can close a, a million-dollar loan for you right here on this on this little coffee table. We don't need a great big slab of granite and a lot of overhead. So, but I would, but I would echo those comments because when we came up here to open the Alpharetta office, uh, the world was falling apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that's the best time to, to, to really start because you can be uh, very careful. Uh, things don't come easy. So you're having to work to get those. Uh, you're not drinking from a fire hose, which sometimes if, if we came up and, and, and it was perfect times, uh, you, you start kidding yourselves on, on how good you are. And, uh, and then for us, uh, when, when, when clients have, have pain thresholds or things that are bothering them, that's really where we can step in and help them yeah. and maybe solve some of those issues. Uh, it's just like in the banking world, uh, back then when, when, when some of the banks were turning away customers or turning away certain industries, uh, you know, they had to turn to other relationships. And so sometimes that's the best time to, uh, to start up and, and, and to really make yourself, known and then as you're growing hopefully the economy is turning and the good times are picking up and then that gels perfectly with your plan yeah and um you know warren buffett said that you don't know who's skinny dip until the tide goes out right so that's that's that's, there there's there's sometimes there's value in that tide going out uh if if you know how to play that right but um 
Carter, talk about you talked about that impromptu conversation you had a year ago or so um, that got you to the point where you threw your hat in, in a race here. I mean, t- talk about your passion for uh, making a difference and why you thought it was important for you to get into the political arena and run for this seat. Oh, well, that's a great, a, a great thought and a great question. Um, yeah, I never expected to be a, a politician. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people imagine that idea over in, at some point in their lives, but I never really expected to do this. Um, you know, I think that people have, have, at the time I thought, you know, people are exhausted with politics as usual. You know, scream louder mm. is not a, is not a strategy to move forward. And everyone was fussing, you know, you turn on the radio and it's just, it becomes exhausting. You know, you've got, sometimes you've got extreme, two, uh, it feels like you have two extreme tails wagging the dog. And, and I thought everyone is so... You know, I woke up one Saturday morning and my wife, Jamie, was and my daughter, Cornelia, were out of town. My other daughter was in college. And um, and I was sitting on the sofa and I was comfortable and I had my feet up and I turned on the television for a minute. And I thought, well, maybe I'll watch a movie on Netflix. Or, and I flipped over to the news for a minute and I thought, you know, it's amazing in America. You know, I can sit here on this sofa today and watch a movie on Netflix or I can go out and build an empire. And I thought, you know, in America, there's never been a place like this before. There'll probably never be a place like this again. You can go as far as your work ethic and your talent will take you. And honestly, if uh, and you can partner up and collaborate with other people. And, you, and you've got to obey the law. You've got to pay some taxes. Good luck to you. I'll see you at the top. Mm. There's, there's never been a place like this where, where you can you – can, you just go, the sky is the limit and everybody that we talk to can be the next big thing in business. Uh, and, and I thought everyone is so, sounds so angry. There's so much angst in politics and so many sound bites. I said, whatever happened to, well, I, I literally listened to someone, uh, give an invocation recently and they were praying about all the things that are wrong in America. And I thought, what the heck is wrong with everybody? Mm. Whatever happened to American exceptionalism? America is just simply fantastic. It, 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 things always wax and wane, and and there are things to worry about at any given time. The economy, inflation, right now, a great, a very worrisome for all of us. Probably the biggest issue in this country right now. But the truth is, we have extraordinary opportunities, and it's like we're trying to sometimes to snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory. And mm. I don't understand. I thought I'm sick of it. I listen to people running for office, and it was all sound bites. Let's go over and pull something off the the buffet of issues that they can talk about that they're most comfortable talking about. And I thought, we need some transformational leaders. We need people like Roger Lusby to run for office. We need people who think outside the box and mm-hmm. can really, and they're not afraid to chart their own course and maybe put some ideas way out on the horizon for us. And I just thought, I'm sick and tired of sound bites. I'm sick and tired of everyone being furious all the time and and a a lot of faux outrage even and i thought let's i think it's time for a little more uh morning in america Mm. and a little more american exceptional you know when we when we uh in our campaign we towed a banner around the area with a behind an airplane Mm -hmm. and and my opponent said i can't believe that they would do that this person clearly can't be a fiscal conservative they're wasting money doing that 
And I thought, what's wrong with these people? Mm. I mean, and uh, you know, the only reason I couldn't, I, I decided to tow a banner is because I couldn't find a rocket to launch. <laughs> what the heck ever happened to American exceptionalism? Go out there, build, build, and go and prosper. And have a great life and spend your money the way that you want to be ethical and honorable and contribute like crazy to your community. And man, have a great ride and help your friends and, and associates do so as well and build things. Mm-hmm. America's just fantastic. And somehow along the way, we've, we've let politics drown out what makes us so special and unique as a country. And I just, I've spent my entire career trying to help other people be successful in business. And mm-hmm. along the way, by doing that, I've made myself pretty successful as well mm-hmm. not roger lesby successful but <laughs> but i'm but i'm not finished yet either but anyway I, I, you got a long way to go <laughs> well you you know i think um your passion comes through uh carter and that's true for everything you do um uh i guess what what um uh i'm sure folks wonder is okay so what are some of the big issues that really drive you this some of the specifics that really drive you that you're looking forward to tackling when you get in office well we ran our campaign you know this whole region that we've got we're so fortunate here in north fulton and forsyth uh and further north just just great opportunities that uh, milton crab apple but the idea they all feel a little bit different mm-hmm uh, and for Scythe County, we were, uh, you know, Georgia's the ninth, the top state in the country to do business nine years in a row. I don't know if people really slow down long enough to think about how accept, how incredible that really is. I mean, that's an amazing statistic. I don't know, Roger, you might have some thoughts on that. But. No, it, it, it's amazing. And we're just now starting to see the benefits of the port opening up, which I think is huge. I mean, obviously, Hart, the airport separated us from many of the cities in the southeast, but the the port is going to do just as much or more. Uh, and then, of course, the inland port, right, and up in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. That's I, you know, there's so many things happening here. But in Forsyth County, when I when I first came to work in Forsyth County, it was June four of 1990. They just finished the census, as y'all mm-hmm. know. We do the census every ten years, mm-hmm. and uh, the county was about forty five thousand people. There was no Northside Hospital or Halcyon or the Collections or right. Polo Fields, a big neighborhood in Forsyth County, was only two, two or three years old at the time. There was no Vickery. There was, uh, so I opened a, a bank branch where Halcyon is today off of Georgia 400. And it was basically a double wide trailer out in a field. On the weekends, I'd be in the bank writing credit memos and, and uh, there'd be people shooting birds out in the field around me. Um, and it was just a very different place. Today, mm-hmm. we're about 250, 260,000 people. Uh, University of North Georgia, uh, a couple of years ago, said Forsyth is projected to grow 209% by 2050. Mm-hmm. Now, that, would, that would take us to over 600,000 people. Mm-hmm. And we, we've experienced great growth. And and uh, and I, I thought about that and thought, you know, if we're not very thoughtful and very deliberate about that, we're going to end up with, a, if, we, if we just fall into the future and let it happen to us, we're going to have a community that nobody really cares to live in. We've got a community with just some of the best schools in the state of Georgia, great quality of life, low taxes, people feel very secure, but it's growing like crazy. And if we just fall into the future, we don't want to have a community where people, you know, go raise their children because we've got great schools, go make a pile of money because there's economic opportunity that accompanies that growth. 
and then they're ready to retire and they go somewhere else. You know, we want to build a community that you wouldn't consider retiring somewhere else because it's such a great place to be. So, so we're, we built our campaign around improving the quality of life for all Forsythians. You know, I'm running as a Republican, but that doesn't matter. The roads don't know if you're a Republican or a Democrat. They're mm. just the roads. Mm-hmm. And we need more, better, safer roads to accommodate the growth that we know is coming. So we, we built a campaign that you know, basically on quality of life, how do you build even better schools? You know, we've got 50 different career pathways in Forsyth County schools. And that, that's a great thing. I, I, you know, lately schools have been a big talking point in politics. And, uh, and I, I was talking to a friend who was pretty frustrated about the schools and they were talking about a certain issue in the schools. I think it was CRT at the time. And I said, well, can you tell me one good thing about the schools? He said, oh, well, no, the academics are great. My two kids are at Alliance Academy and they're, they're learning how to fly an airplane this year. Well, there you go. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. There you go. Pretty, pretty forward thinking, right? Mm -hmm. So imagining the possibilities, I thought, let's, you know, it wouldn't be great if our, if our excellent school system could even go farther along those ways so that in this changing economy, we want our children to, to see those opportunities. You know, when I was young, it was what, what should I do when I grow up? Well, you can be a fireman or a lawyer or a doctor, you know, and there's so many different ways to go and prosper and make a living helping our kids identify those possibilities earlier in life is a, it's just hugely important. You know, for, for so many of us, it's, it's, it's the hardest part is in the deciding what it is you're going for. Once you decide what you're after, it, it gets a lot easier. Then it becomes what steps you can talk to smart people like you, John and Roger and say, you know, how do I go from here to there? And you can usually figure it out. And if you'll work hard enough and talk to enough smart people, you can figure out a path. The hardest part to me is then deciding. So helping enhance those career pathways, bringing the resources for our school system, but also building a great economy and building a great infrastructure so you can build a great economy, better roads. You know, when when you're growing like we are, I don't want you sitting in your – when you're in your car, I don't want you sitting in it in traffic. I want you riding in it. And mm. when you're riding along in Forsyth County, I want you looking out at beautiful things, you know uh, – landscape boulevards and bike paths and connectivity from one beautiful place to another. Mm-hmm. When you, right now, if I jump on my bicycle, if I, if I had young children and said, well, let's ride bikes down to Vickery and have an ice cream cone, you're probably not going to make it on post road because you're probably going to end up at the Bork. <laughs> um, you know, so quality of life, mm-hmm. even better schools, infrastructure. And I happen to chair the, uh, the economic development division of our chamber of commerce, commerce up in Forsyth. So putting the infrastructure in, making sure that we maintain and even enhance our schools and create a great environment for business. So they're recruiting great companies and great jobs to our area. I also have the great fortune to chair the Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation for uh, uh, the Advisory Committee for the University of North Georgia. So fostering fostering a great entrepreneurial environment our young people continue and when people talk about education they think about k-12 through well continuing education as well i was in forsyth when we brought university of north georgia uh to forsyth county for mm-hmm. their campus there i was in forsyth when we did the ground uh breaking for linear tech mm. many many years ago and uh and i i thought about that and i thought if we're going to build a you know we need to continue to enhance those campuses and those opportunities not just for young people for, for grown-ups as well Right? How do you how do you exist in a rapidly changing economy? And this is what Rogers is Rogers 
15 times smarter than I am. But, but how do you how do you plan for a future when the economy is shifting under your feet so quickly? And I'm not just talking about the, the short term, but rather how we how we go forward and how we make a living, how we provide for our families. And and those opportunities like Lanier Tech and University of North Georgia, that not just for young people. You know, when I hear people say, uh, a lot of people have have some people have fussed about our school system and and they they try to find the bad rather than focusing mm-hmm. on the good. And I thought, you know, in Forsyth County, we've got 50 career pathways. We're big on dual enrollment so that your kids, my daughter had her associate's degree from for college before she ever graduated from high school. You know, Inflation is one of the biggest issues we've got going in this entire country. To help families go out, their children go get their associate's degree before they ever graduate from high school, that's a big benefit to families. Mm-hmm. Helping kids identify the possibilities for their futures earlier pathways. That's a, that's huge for our community. Having those continuing edu- education, having a, an enhanced and even better university in North Georgia in our community so that a young family or a young kid can work in the restaurant. I met a kid working at Tam's Tupelo recently and he was going to university in North Georgia right there in Forsyth County. So yeah, if you can't afford to go off to university of Virginia or university of Georgia or wherever you, you go, uh, you can still get a great education right there in our community. So making sure that we are, we continue to foster, you know, economic development, but you got to have great infrastructure, continuing education, so you can get affordable education. Uh, and, and Roger will probably appreciate this as well. Linear Tech versus University of North Georgia. You know, not everyone should go to college. You know, Roger probably told me years ago, go read The Millionaire Next Door. Uh, it's a great book. Yeah, so I think these things enhancing our, the quality of life for all of Forsyth County. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that party uh, Democrats, Republicans, everybody in the county. Uh, these the fundamentals, just like in, the fundamentals, never go out of style. But the bottom line is, is there's so many opportunities out there, and people just have to uh, realize that, and then they have to go grab it, and uh, and and then make that happen. Yeah, and uh, you know, one of the things I think you're uh, you put your finger on Carter. It seems to me is um, that it it can be when you've it can be com- growth can make you complacent, and that that's what you're talking about is is really saying hey we need to be intentional about like where we are and what the future looks like, and you can't assume anything, right? And I think that's what that's what I heard in what you said. Um, you, you've really got to keep the sleeves rolled up every day. We're all so busy, right? Rod, uh, Frazier and Dieter is a prime example. In our bank, people used to say, Carter, so who are you trying to emulate? What bank are you are you trying to pattern yourself after? And I used to say, I'm not trying to pattern myself. I said, you want to know who I'm trying to pattern myself after? Look at Frazier and Dieter. Mm. And I used to say this all the time. I've told I've said this to Roger many times. The mm-hmm. way that they they were ha- having such a great, successful firm in Atlanta, downtown Atlanta. And Roger and they decided to plant a flag in North Fulton. It was courageous at the time, and, and not not many others were doing it. Right, and but the way that they dug into the community, they became a part of the fabric of the community quickly, and 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 all of a sudden you saw Fraser and Dieter everywhere, mm-hmm. and uh, and I thought that's the way we should be. We need to pattern ourselves after what they're doing because it's working beautifully. They they are a cornerstone of the community now. And uh, obviously, it, the place is full of uber smart people 
that can, you know, when your time, when your tax returns are done at Fraser and Dieter, you can relax and you know, it's going to be done. Right. That's right. Uh, at least you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> um, but, but I, I think for, for people that are, are trying to figure out how to go forward, you know, dig in, become a, a become a, a key part of your community. Get off the sofa and get out there and shake it up and meet people like John Ray and Roger Lusby because because we don't know what we don't know, right? We, we always need to get those synapses firing and meet new people and get new ideas. Uh, you know, if, if, if you're a if you're a. If you're if you're a person with plenty of resources, but you don't have any good ideas, go out and get some ideal people in your Rolodex. And then Rolodex show how old I am. If you're if you're a prolific idea person, but you don't have any resources, go get some resource people in your Rolodex. There's there's opportunity all over the place, and and life is richer and better when you're out there meeting folks, and and every day is an opportunity to become the next big thing. Or find that next great relationship. So, you know, objects in motion tend to stay in motion. Now, one thing I know really well in business, and I'm going to let you all in on a secret about me because I'm not Roger Lusby. He is 15 times smarter than I am. Newsflash. You don't have to be brilliant every day. You have to be pretty smart a couple of times. A couple of good ideas, a couple of successful businesses can change your change your life and your trajectory in a meaningful way. I was a banker for many, many years working for big banks. Mm-hmm. When we decided over a cup of coffee at Starbucks at Highway 20 and coming to start our own bank, it changed everything. We didn't even know what we didn't know about starting a bank at the time. We just figured it out along the way. But that one decision to go do that took me from being a W-2 guy to a, a business owner mm. and a founder of a business. And, of course, that created all kinds of new ideas. And I got to meet people like Roger along the way. So so you never know where that next big idea or inspiration is coming from, but but you gotta, you've got to grow your circle of friends and, your, and get those synapses firing. And you do that by getting out and meeting people like you guys. And then, and then you bring in as many smart young people that you can, and uh, and you teach them, and and you hope that they uh, drink the Kool Aid as well, and uh, and, mm-hmm. and that and that's what happens. And so, you know, when when we did Alpharetta, we we did five offices after Alpharetta, so that's uh, that's all good. And uh, yeah, we learned some things. We took some arrows up here, but uh, but but we we we. We understood and uh, and and we made some changes, and so that was a, a good thing. And then we've been blessed that this community has done so well. I mean, demographically, it's done well. The schools are great. Uh, growth is up here. There's a lot of like-minded people up here, and a lot of people that just want to try to be successful. Mm-hmm. And so that's good. And it's not just North Fulton. It, it's it's Forsyth. It's Cherokee. It's Dahlonega. It's Jasper. I mean, it's it, it's going all around. And so that's a good thing for the state. You know, Roger, you you talked a minute. I mean, Alpharetta is a, just a great example. I mean, because it, Alpharetta. This didn't just happen, right? It, I remember Alpharetta when it was not this at all, and now everyone wants to be in Alpharetta, uh, and that took vision and thoughtful, deliberate planning by city council and mayor, and and uh, and then people who were willing to stick with that sort of vision through time, and uh, and today it's just one of the fine. Just one of the, everyone wants to be Alpharetta now. People, it's true. Yeah. 
For, for sure. And as I tell people all the time, if it wasn't for Avalon, uh, the, the big story up here would be the transformation of downtown Alpharetta. I mean, because that's, that, that's been incredible as well. And then when they put the loop together, and uh, Mayor, Mayor Glavin will get that done, and uh, we'll be able to bike and walk and, and take the dogs all during the loop, and uh, we'll have that connectivity that you're talking about. So that'll be good. Well, I'm gonna, I want to hijack the conversation for a minute and ask Rogers some questions. So, Rogers, in, uh, inflation, you know, we talk, you and I have talked about inflation a lot over the years, probably, probably over 10 years even. And, um, and, and now it's upon us and it's hit us like a freight train. I just want to hear you expand on that. What do I need to be thinking today? For, to to prepare myself, my, inflation is is so intimidating. If you're young people trying to buy a house and now housing's not necessarily affordable. If you're if you're middle aged and you've got a four hundred one k and you thought you were going to retire and now all of a sudden you're looking at inflation, you know, expenses are going up. The stock market is volatile. Your four hundred one k has probably lost some value uh, since the beginning of the year, probably meaningfully. And uh, to, or, or if you're a senior and you, and rising healthcare costs and you're on a fixed income. Uh, the cost to live and exist on the earth. It it really is to me the over the the, the largest most important issue probably facing folks in in this area and probably the whole country right now. What do I need to be doing to prepare and 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 to prosper? Because you know I thought well, I'm retired here. I, I thought I'm 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 good to go. And now ten percent inflation, give or take. Not so sure. Well, the inflation number has to get down. I mean, there's just no, no, no ands if or buts about that. That has to, that has to happen. Uh, that's going to take some time. We've been in, we've been in periods before where we had super high inflation. Uh, you know, back in the seventies when, uh, when President Carter was there, uh, we had to deal with that. Uh, so that that will take some time. Uh, obviously, the high energy costs are permeating throughout the system with uh, electric bills, with heating bills, with with hauling expense, with trucking expense. It affects plastics. It, it affects steel. So all of those things will be built into the inflation rate. And then, of course, you you've got businesses which have uh, have have made significant raises, and so you're going to have the inflationary impact of higher wages as well. And so what that really means for the businesses is, is that they're going to have to get more efficient and more productive uh, from the people that they are uh, employing. And uh, so that'll really be the challenge, I think. How do we go about doing that? Uh, we, we, we try to access and, 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 and utilize and leverage technology as much as we can and, uh, and, and try to be more efficient and, and work out some of the uh, some of the nuances with our processes. And so I think that's what businesses will be looking at. But I also remember a time when I thought I had rock bottom on my mortgage rate and it was 12 and a half percent. So, uh, you know, a six or 7% interest rate doesn't necessarily uh, mean that somebody can't afford or can't afford or can't buy a house, but it certainly means that it's a different buying proposition than it was two years ago. Perspective is everything, isn't it, Roger? It is. Yeah, for sure. And the older you get, the more you've seen the complete cycle. And so uh, that, that's what gives us confidence that we know that these things will cycle back again. Well, Carter, we're running up on time. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, there's probably some folks that would like to hear more about your thoughts. And let's send them to the right place on how they can learn more about you 
and your campaign and what you've got in mind for the future? Well, my cell phone number is 404-964-7925. You can follow us on Facebook, Carter Barrett for State House, or you can look at our webpage and, and send us a, a, a Barrett for State House, and you can email me, and uh, or you can, yeah, just do any of those things works great. But I'm easy to find, just uh, been around for a little while, so uh, use that cell phone. We give it out to everybody in the campaign, uh, and, and uh, we're, we're delighted to have those conversations. You know, this past week, I, uh, two days ago, I went to a Diwali celebration over in Gwinnett County, mm. and then I came back to Forsyth County, and I went to a to a friend's house who had bought a new steam tractor, an 1896 Avery steam oh, wow. tractor. And uh, there were uh, two families. One had four generations standing there, and one had three generations standing there. I got to drive a steam tractor for the first time. But I thought it's a it's a great representation of, of uh, old and new. And and, uh, and uh, but everywhere I go, I give everyone my cell phone number. I can't be a great representative if I don't know the issues and know and know everyone in the community on both sides of the aisle, frankly. And uh, so I, I encourage people, I put my cell phone everywhere, 404-964-7925. Please call me What's and, and uh, let's talk about the future of our community. And I might add that uh, early voting started yesterday. Uh, so uh, please go out and vote. And, uh, and if you're in Carter's district, uh, consider voting for Carter as well. Thank you, Carter, for being here. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for... Um Thank you for serving. I mean, because um, there are not enough great people like you that are willing to do it and willing to step in. I was kidding you when we started the show about what you got into, but uh, uh, seriously, it's really, um, it's important to have great people in, in leadership positions. And so thank you for, for uh, being willing to throw your hat in the ring. Well, thank you gentlemen for having me today. It's a great honor to be here with y'all and, and, uh, look forward to seeing you again in another 10 years. Absolutely. We'll do that. Absolutely. We, and we, we want to have you back before then, uh, Carter Barrett, uh, candidate for uh state house district 24 folks. So if you're in district 24, as Roger said, uh, please check him out. Quick shout out to our sponsors, Frazier and Dieter business beat is Presented by the Alpharetta Office of Fraser and Dieter. Fraser and Dieter is an award-winning international CPA and advisory firm with deep technical expertise and an even deeper dedication to their clients. Their CPAs and advisors believe in investing in relationships to make a difference. For more information, go to FraserDieter.com. I'm glad you had Carter back. Well, thank you, John. I enjoyed seeing him again. Yeah. And we wish him luck. Absolutely. And, uh, and I'm sure that he'll do a great job oh, for I know. everybody. We know he will. And then next month we'll have a we'll have another uh, another speaker, another guest for We're, you, John. Okay. You're, you're gonna do it again. You've had great guests this year. We just talking about that before we came on. So thank you for all all that you do and all you bring to our listeners. Uh we appreciate you, Roger. So for Roger Lesby, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Frazier and Dieter's Business Beat. Mm-hmm.